Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Speaking to his flock in the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon, we join Archbishop Alexander Sample as he reflects upon our faith, culture, and life in the church on The Voice of the Shepherd. Joining Archbishop Sample is your host, Dina Marie Hale. And now, The Voice of the Shepherd. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to The Voice of the Shepherd. I'm Dina Marie Hale, your host, and with me in studio is Archbishop Alexander Sample. This week, we want to discuss on being joyful and that joy of going to Mass. Amen. I tell you, in this wonderful Easter season, I am joyful to be in the church, to be with my fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, and to pray, but most importantly, to worship God in His house. Help us begin with yeah, prayer. Certainly. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, you left us in the most holy Eucharist, a memorial of your passion, death, and resurrection. Lord, help us to deeply appreciate this mystery which you have left your church in which you continue to be present among us with your sacrificial love and the outpouring of your life and grace for us. We place this radio time into your hands, Lord Jesus, asking you to lead it and guide it, (laughs) surrendering it to you Mm -hmm. so that you will take care of everything. All this we ask in your most holy name. Amen. 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 The joy of going to Mass. And I think a few weeks ago, we talked about just this re-invitation to come to Mass. We've had this kind of interesting stop in the church. But what you reminded me about is, as Catholics, we can't worship online. No. This is not the way that Jesus encounters us. It's a, it's an asset to us, but he encounters us person by person, heart by heart, in communion. And so maybe as we begin this joyful attendance of Mass, as Catholics, there is this reason why, why we go to Mass. I mean, yeah. this is something that Jesus calls us to do, eat his flesh, drink his blood, have communion with him. Right. The Jesus, in, in instituting the sacrament of the Most Holy Eucharist, the sacrificial Mass, uh, the selfly sacrifice of the Mass, is recognizing our nature. Mm-hmm. God, we are created in God's image and likeness, but we are we are both body and spirit. We are a body and a soul, so that we aren't just a spiritual being. Mm-hmm. We're not just an angel, uh, and we aren't just a, a soul trapped. Mm-hmm. in a body, so to speak, until we can finally die and be freed from this body and, and our soul lives on like an angel and spirit forever in heaven. No, we will spend eternity in these bodies in a glorified form at the resurrection of the dead on the last day. But we, as human beings created in the image and likeness of God, are both body and soul. So Jesus gives us the sacraments, which are those visible signs, visible rituals, that touch our senses and through our senses then touch our souls. Mm -hmm. This is all learning comes through the senses. If you think about that, and that's an ancient philosophical principle, everything we know comes through our senses. What's those things that we see, the things that we taste, the things that we smell, the things that we hear, the words that we read. This is how knowledge is gained. This is how we are formed. 
But the same is true of our spirit, that, that our spirit can be touched through the senses. And so the sacraments, including the Eucharist, are very important. It's a recognition. As you say, we cannot worship online. I mean, it's a great, it's a great resource and mm-hmm. a great asset for those who are unable to join us. And I, I hope that the parishes will continue with live streaming when, when this pandemic is over for those folks in nursing homes, hospitals, et cetera. But that's not the way we worship. We worship in contact and, yes, in physical contact mm-hmm. with, with the community, with the, with the sacraments themselves. So th- this is Christ's gift to us, to be able to touch us and reach us in our humanity uh, through these, these outward signs which bring us uh, his grace. This time of the Easter season, and I think about when I was preparing for confirmation as a convert, there is this time to learn what am I, who am I going to be receiving when I finally get to receive Holy Eucharist? There was time and preparation to really absorb when I say amen. That means I believe as I receive the Holy Eucharist, and I think about uh, for our brothers and sisters who are not Catholic. Well, that amen is for a full acceptance of what the Catholic Church teaches. And some people may say, well, how come I can't receive communion? I'm uh, the Protestant, or I'm this, or that, or I love Jesus, and I believe in Jesus. But as I became a Catholic, I understood there's something very important. When I say amen, I'm saying that for me. I believe in all of these, and I will agree to the teachings of the Church. If you don't fully believe then you're not part of the Catholic right. Church. Right, you know, you're 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 hitting very strongly, uh, Dina Marie, on the theme of communion, communio. What does this mean for us to receive communion? Mm-hmm. This is a very important concept, and you raise a delicate point because I hear it all the time. You know, well, you know, my spouse is 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 Lutheran or Methodist or whatever, and is with me at Mass. Why can't they receive the Eucharist? And sometimes it's even said to be very unwelcoming and unhospitable. Of course, that's the great, <laughs> seems to be the great mortal sin of our age is, you know, in, in hospitality, um, even wrongly interpreted. But for the Catholic, mm-hmm. and this, this is what people need to understand, and, and uh, we Catholics need to understand mm-hmm. this, as you point out, communion doesn't mean just some ritual gesture that we go through of being fed by the Eucharist. Right. It means to be in complete communion, not only with Jesus in his body, blood, soul, and divinity, but with his body, the church. Mm-hmm. This is why we, we just went through this a few weeks ago at the Easter Vigil, when we received those new Catholics into the church, whether they were baptized yet or not, the highlight of the moment. Mm-hmm. And I'm so happy that the, the church gives the option for the priest before giving, uh, before holding up the host as he does at every Mass and says, you know, behold the Lamb of God, behold. He's allowed to give a little instruction at that moment mm-hmm. to those who are, who are going to be receiving the Eucharist for the first time. And this is it. Yeah. This is the culminating moment. This is the moment when you come into full communion mm-hmm with the church, with Christ, by receiving the Eucharist, which is the sacrament of unity and communio in the church. Now, we just had the reading the the other day in the breviary, the Liturgy of the Hours for the Office of Readings from St. Justin Martyr, from the 
earliest, early, one of the earliest accounts we have in the church of the Eucharist. He actually gives a brief outline description of how they were celebrating the Eucharist. And I can't remember the exact dates for Justin Martyr, but it's within it's in this it's within the second century. It's in the it's in the one hundreds. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the exact dates. So this is one of the earliest descriptions. And what Justin Martyr says is, no one can partake of the Eucharist unless they believe what we believe and teach. Yeah. And he's not talking just about the Eucharist and about you know, the, what we believe about the Eucharist as being the true presence of Christ. He's referring to the whole body, and because he goes on by faith and by baptism. You know, in other words, we, we cannot receive the Eucharist unless we profess what the church believes. And that's what communion means. When I receive Holy Communion at Mass, I mean, there's many effects of communion, and the most important thing is I'm receiving the body, blood, soul, and divinity of our Lord, and I am in in, in communion, I'm receiving grace and life from him, and I'm com- in communion in that moment with my brothers and sisters around me, especially gathered at that Mass. But it also is saying, amen, as mm-hmm. you said earlier, I believe. And Lord, I believe that everything that you reveal, both in Scripture and in, in the living tradition of the Church. So to receive all the communion means to say, I believe what the mm-hmm. Church teaches. I believe what she professes to be uh, of, of of the faith, and I can't be, I can't be a cafeteria Catholic, and say, well, I accept these teachings over here, but these teachings over here, and I'm talking about defined uh, dogmas, doctrines of the church that aren't up for grabs, so to speak. As many people think, everything's up for grabs these days, especially in the moral area of teachings. Uh, you know, folks, there are some things that just aren't up for grabs. Mm-hmm. The truth is the truth, mm-hmm. as written in the human heart, as written in our bodies, as written in human nature, uh, the natural law, and as revealed to us by Scripture and tradition uh, guided by the Holy Spirit. The truth is the truth. And so everything is not up for grabs. But, you know, so you can't set this set of teachings over here and say, well, I don't agree with these issues, but I'm still going to receive communion because. You know, I want to be. I want to receive communion. I want to be in, in union with Jesus. Well, you can't. You can't say to Jesus on the one hand, "Lord, I love you. I want to follow you. I want to surrender myself mm-hmm. to you," as we talked about last week. I I, I want to to have follow your will in all things, uh, and so I, I want to be in communion with you and receive communion. Oh, but by the way, Jesus, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna accept these things over here. Um, just so you know, uh, I'm not I'm not buying into these things. But everything else is good. It's, it's, it's a contradiction, mm-hmm. really. And I think we've talked about this before when we talked about the importance of confession, mm-hmm. you know, and being prepared to receive Holy Communion because I, I've noticed in my time being Catholic now, 21 years, mm-hmm. that sometimes people will not go and receive communion, yes. but they come and participate fully right. in the Mass. And I and I don't know what's going on, but one thing that could be going on is they know they need to make a good confession right. first in order to fully receive right. Holy Communion. Right. And so I think we each have to have that that evaluation, that examination of conscience. Where am I right now? Definitely come to church, come to Mass, receive the graces. But if you're not ready, you're not prepared fully, you're, right. you're not in, I think you've said, a state of grace, right. then don't receive Jesus 
make that spiritual communion. Right, exactly. And we, make that we, conversion. Right. We call it being properly disposed to receive the, the, the sacrament. You may, you raise a very good point, you know, that that everybody, it seems, there's such pressure <laughs> in mm-hmm. church now yeah. for everybody to march up for communion. And if they don't go up for communion, then it's going to look bad or... Uh, I, I even had a, a, a priest, an old timer, once tell me. He says, "You know, in the quote unquote old days, you know, a lot of people didn't go to communion on mm-hmm. Sunday. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was a time it was a little maybe on the on the other extreme. But I, my mother even told me that you know, unless you went to confession on Saturday, you didn't go to communion on Sunday. You know, and not 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 with any mortal sin on your soul, but it was just there was a sense that I'm going to receive Jesus tomorrow." And I want to be as perfectly ready and disposed as I can to receive him. I want to be free from all attachment to sin, even venial sin. So I'll, I'll go to confession, cleanse my soul, so to speak, by the grace of the Holy Spirit, so that I will be in a worthy state, a more worthy state to receive our Lord. So there'd be a lot of people that wouldn't go to communion on Sunday. And, and even in the days when the fast was longer, you know, some people couldn't keep the communion fast overnight. And, and so, so there was no stigma attached to not going to communion, you know, and they didn't dismiss, by the way, in those days, they didn't dismiss people row by row, pew by pew. It was just sort of this random, people just got up mm-hmm. and got in line and, and worked mm-hmm. their way up to the front of the church to kneel at the communion rail and receive Holy Communion. And Nobody was paying attention to who was in the pew and who wasn't in the pew and who was getting up to go to communion and who wasn't. Now we orderly march them all out row by row by row, and there's great pressure to come up. I, I know there are probably a lot of people who are coming up to receive Holy Communion that, that objectively speaking, really aren't, aren't properly disposed because they, they need the Sacrament of Reconciliation. So I, I think there's, there's, there should be no sense of, of shame or embarrassment to not receive uh, the Eucharist on Sunday if we're not ready. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, in fact, if we're in a state of mortal sin, mm-hmm. if we're not in a state of grace, it's a sacrilege. Mm-hmm. It's a further insult and injury to our relationship with Jesus to say, well, Lord, I've done this. I have rejected you and your love in this, but you know, I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna still come to communion anyway and, and, and act as if we're, we're good, you know, <laughs> we're good Jesus, you know. No, Jesus gave to the church the sacrament of reconciliation to reconcile us for those sins, especially our mortal sins. Uh, I mean, it's a great act of mercy on his part. I mean, it's not a, it shouldn't be anything we dread. I mean, I've shared this, I think, many times on the radio. You know, uh, this may sound strange, and I don't mean to scandalize any of, of the faithful entrusted to my pastoral care, but I probably go to confession more often than 90% of you. I go to confession fairly regularly because I always want to be strengthening my relationship with the Lord and being sorry for the times that I have failed him. Because I don't see the sacrament of penance as a, as a, as a punishment or as a, something to dread or something uh, to be af- afraid of. I see it as a, a Jesus is holding out his grace and mercy for me there to you know, reconcile me as I need to be reconciled and to heal me uh, spiritually in my soul. And if we cannot receive Holy Communion at this time because we're not in a state of grace, you know, and we'll, we'll, you know, not to be overly detailed, but, you know, what would be some of those things? Well, one of those things, and I think we've mentioned this uh, recently on one of the shows, you know, if, if I've missed Mass deliberately on my own with, in knowing that it's wrong, deliberately doing it anyway, uh, and I don't have a good just reason for not being at Mass, 
then I should not approach Holy Communion until I've been reconciled in confession. I can't just fix that, you know, on my own. I've rejected God's gift of love and mercy in the Eucharist for, for no good reason other than my own laziness or desire to do something else then I need to be reconciled before I approach the Lord in Holy Communion. But, but we still, not being able to receive Holy Communion doesn't, doesn't excuse us from the obligation to attend Mass. Right. I knew a man, I, I think I shared this once on the radio, uh, back in Michigan, I won't go into any details because I don't want to uh, you know, violate anybody's privacy, but this man was, was in an invalid marriage, and I, there was reasons why it was invalid and he wouldn't, didn't go through the process to to rectify that. But this man went to church for 20 plus years every Sunday, never missed Sunday mass or a holy day and and never received communion mm-hmm. during that time because he knew he couldn't. Mm-hmm. Now, thankfully, before his death, I was able to reconcile him and, and, and fix all of that for him spiritually. But I was so edified by that. I Jesus, this man who's a believer, mm-hmm. he's devout. He knows he can't receive our Lord. But he's still there every Sunday, showing his love for the Lord and his desire, and maybe making that spiritual communion. So yes, I think we need to remember that we we there's such gift given to us in in the Eucharist, and, and we we should return to the as as, as Cardinal Seurat said in the letter, uh, pastoral letter that came out during the pandemic. Let us return to the Eucharist with joy, joy, with yeah. joy uh, yeah. to receive to receive our Lord. And really, I think if we want to have our world better, our families better, our culture better, what's the best solution? It is in Jesus Christ. We just talked about it last week with the surrender novena. But the joy of going to Mass, I mean, for me, is one, to be as close as I can today to Jesus Christ, to hear his word, to listen, because the word is life. I don't know if people really start to think about when we hear the word proclaimed and hear that gospel, Jesus is speaking to us today. We're not reflecting on what happened in in this time or that time. It relates to us today. Mm-hmm. And of course, then preparing for you know, the sacrifice of the Holy Mass. That brings me joy. And it should if we really start to well, think about I, I that. Think, I think, Dina Marie, I think part of the problem is... People don't understand the mass, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. we we have talked about this before. In fact, more than once on this radio show in the last however many years I've been doing this show, mm-hmm. I have no idea now, and I don't know how many episodes we've done. But explain that that essential meaning of the mass, and I won't go into a lecture on that now. But the, in short, the representation mm-hmm. of the Paschal mystery, the representation of the sacrifice that Jesus offered on the on the altar of the cross for us, present in in every mass. I don't think people understand that we've. We've humanized, in a sense, the, 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 the celebration of Holy Mass so much that we focus on, well, how good is the music? How good, you know, is, is, the, is the decorations? You know, how moving, you know, was the homily? We, we tend to rely on those human emotional aspects of, and I hope that at least from time to time, on a deep human emotional level, we are touched. Mm-hmm by our experience at Mass. But that's not why we come to Mass. I call it the therapeutic liturgy. And and, and let me explain that. I think people have begun to think of going to Mass as therapeutic. I hear people say it, you know. Well, I go to Mass, you know, so that I can feel good. Well, I hope that going to Mass does make you feel good. But that's not why we go to Mm -hmm. Mass. 
but but I think that's kind of where our modern culture in the church has come to. That's why I place such emphasis on on this liturgical renewal also that I want for the church here to recapture that sense of awe, that sense of transcendence, the sense even of mystery. Not not that it's we don't know what's going on, but that sense of of, of being in the mystery of God. And, and experiencing his, his love in that beautiful, reverent, transcendent way. Because <clears throat> I think that people now, it seems they want to go to Mass to have a feel-good experience. They want to be, uh, many want to be made to feel good about themselves um, so that I can come away with sort of an emotional high, if you will. Therapy. I go to Mass to get, to get therapy you know, to feel better about myself and about my life. Now, I, I, as I say, I hope we do always feel better about ourselves and about our life when we come to the Eucharist, but not because of, of that human emotional level, but because of what we've done there. We come to Mass to worship God. We come out of, a, out of an obligation to duty that we have, or the, the virtue of religion, to offer divine worship to God. In fact, the church teaches quite clearly that the Mass, the Eucharist, the liturgy has two purposes. Number one, to glorify God, and number two, to sanctify the people. And that's important, to sanctify the people, not give them therapy, not then make them have an emotional experience. And this is what sadly was happening now is people are, we're in such a energy, entertainment-driven culture right now that, well, the music here is more lively. The music here is more joyful. The music over there is kind of, you know, depressing or whatever. We're looking for that emotional high. We're looking for that experience. That, that's, 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 that's not why we go to Mass. We go to Mass to give worship to God. Our job is to worship God and to be sanctified by the liturgy, sanctified, made holy, filled with grace on a deep spiritual level that we may not be able to feel or perceive. Mm -hmm. We don't, we don't, we don't, it's not to glorify God and to receive therapy. Uh, The word of God can be very therapeutic, don't get me wrong, but we, we have to shift this mindset about when we come to the liturgy. And, and I, I just hear it so often. I, I had a conversation with, with a person in one of my pastoral visits to another part of the archdiocese and was just going on about how she misses the, you know, the, the, the hand-holding and the lifting up of our arms during Mass and the, and the lively music and everything else. And I say, well, you know, that's all well and appropriate for, an, for a prayer meeting or prayer gathering, that, but not for the holy sacrifice of the Mass. When we think about what the Mass is, that we are representing the sacrifice of Jesus on Calvary for our salvation, that should bring a certain awe, mystery, transcendence, sobriety to the celebration. Mm-hmm. Not that it needs to be de- depressing or, or mournful, but it's, it should have a reverence to it. I often say to folks, and I think I've said it on the show before, you know, because in, in the Mass we're at, we're at Calvary, we're at the foot of the cross, and that event of Calvary becomes present for us in the Eucharist. The sacrifice of Jesus becomes sacramentally present to us in an unbloody manner. Well, so you might want to ask yourself, would I do this at the foot of Calvary? <clears throat> would mm-hmm. I do this at the foot of the cross? 
Yeah. You know, what would be my attitude at the foot of the cross? Again, not to be depressing or anything, but but to be aware of mm-hmm. what's happening here. So I think that's I think I think that's part of the problem is people don't understand what the mass is, why we come, why we're here, so that even if I can't receive the Eucharist today, I still need to go mm-hmm. because I still need to worship God. And I still need to be present there at the foot of the cross again and to offer the sacrifices of my life in, in union with Jesus. And I think what you're really saying, Archbishop, is is this, this whole me mentality of our culture, it really has to be focused on Christ, yes. on the Almighty, on our Creator. We're fighting that in the culture, but we can make that change in our homes, within our families. I think of if mothers and fathers, husbands and wives, that recommitment to why are we going to Mass? Who do we get to see? To We get to celebrate Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, and look at that crucifix. You know, I think that maybe the, the revolution comes from each and every home. Yep. Every Joseph and Mary, you yeah, know. Each I, I, heard of a, I heard a father uh, recently is a, on Catholic Radio, and I can't remember who it was, but talking about talk to your kids on the way to church about what we're going to. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he said that if, if people really understood what was happening in the Mass and the saga, right? The, what's happening, what's taking place, the event that is unraveling before our very eyes. That is awesome, and, and, and you know nothing. There's nothing boring about that. If we really believe what's happening there in the mass, talk to your kids about that on the way to mass. Talk about it after mass. Yeah. What we just did, what we just saw. Build some excitement for it. Yeah. You know, I think it's that's really really important. The joy of going to mass. Go to mass this Sunday and continue to celebrate this Easter Amen. season. Archbishop, would you help close in yes, prayer? Indeed. Lord Jesus, we ask that you help your people to have an ever-deepening and profound realization and appreciation, gratitude, for the great gift of your love, the gift of your mercy which you poured out from your wounded side on the cross. Lord, as that blood and water flowed forth from your side, the fountain of sacramental life in the church, we ask that you help your people to grow in a deeper appreciation for the gift you have left us in the Holy Mass, in the Eucharist, so that we will return to you with joy and always come with hearts prepared, souls disposed to receive the grace you pour out on us in your word and especially in your most holy body, blood, soul, and divinity. All these things, Jesus, we ask in your most holy name. Amen. Amen. And thank you all for listening to the Voice of the Shepherd on Mater Day Radio. We look forward to sharing with you again next week. For Archbishop Alexander Sample, I'm Dina Marie. And until our next encounter, may you be blessed and peace be with you. You've been listening to The Voice of the Shepherd with Archbishop Alexander Sample, a production of the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon. To subscribe to this podcast and access to all of our past shows, visit moderndayradio.com. Please email your comments and questions for the show to info at archdpdx.org. Learn more about the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon online at archdpdx.org. Peace be with you.